Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Lots to get to today, I guess. Well, one of the biggest stories out there, there is a new balance of power, David. Yeah, so the presidents of China and Russia, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping of China have met, and they're uh, well having some uh, nice conversations about establishing a change in the world order, one that, as Xi Jinping put it, has not happened in over a hundred years, referring, of course, to or in about a hundred years, referring to the United States being the leader of the world, and now maybe Russia and China want to crack at this. Something that is not all that surprising, but boy, it seems ominous when you've got this war in Ukraine. You've got our leaders here obsessively uh, pouring more and more money and resources and rhetoric into that particular confrontation and that particular war. Uh, Also, uh, of greater concern to me, at least, is that Vladimir Putin says Russia supports the use of the Chinese yuan for the currency Mm -hmm. for conducting transactions between Asia, Africa, and Latin America, which means the global de-dollaring looks like it is really gaining momentum. And part of that is because, well... Russia's facing all these sanctions, and if the rest of the world is cool with using Chinese money, then Russia is cool with that, too. It's concerning on a number of levels, obviously. Oh, sure. But you know what we have going for us right now? What's that? Diversity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well... Well, that's what those guys were talking about yesterday. Xi Jinping and Putin. And Putin were getting together, and what the first topic that came up was, are you inclusive with LGBTQ rights? <laughs> what, what exactly is your because diversity Because if you're not, profile. we can't do business. I'm sorry. We can't do business. Come, are you kidding me? Come here, Chairman Xi. Uh, I'm trying to think this? of who tweeted it out. It was great. Uh, it said, yeah, you got Xi and Putin talking about world power. Yes. Uh, and... We have the White House meeting with the cast of Ted Lasso. Yes. It kind of says yeah. everything. Well, and the vice president uh, sent a letter to that freak show, uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. The guy who is now identifying as a little girl, like a child. Like yes. Who is yes. a girl. I still think it's a huge troll, but the vice president actually sent Dylan Mulvaney a uh, letter saying, good for you for having the bravery to live your true self. <laughs> That was his one-year anniversary, right? This is so. This is yeah. what our leaders are doing while Xi Jinping and Vladimir yeah. Putin are like, okay, we're going to run the world here. That's our dominating goal. the world. Yeah. We're sending love letters to to transgender people who became a woman a year ago in celebration. Well, this okay. is what we do, David. I know you have a couple of clips of John Kirby. There was another one that I grabbed since we're having this conversation. Him talking about LGBTQ plus rights are part of our foreign policy. Yes. Seriously, it goes along with you're talking about, you know, yeah. a new world power. Yes. And this is what we're focused and, on. And President Biden has been uh, nothing but consistent uh, about his uh, belief, foundational belief in, in human rights. And 
LGBTQ plus rights are human rights. Uh, and uh, we, again, back to the earlier question, are never going to shy away and be bashful about speaking up for those rights and for, uh, uh, for individuals to live as they deem fit, as they want to live. And that's something that's a core part of our foreign policy, and it, and it will remain so. Core part of our foreign <laughs> policy. Well, if only the Uyghur Muslims would come out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then we'd help. I'm also wondering, like, it, 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 last year, Joe Biden went to the Saudis begging for them to put out more oil. The Saudi government doesn't look too kindly upon the gays, last no. I checked. No. No, they go flying off of buildings. Yeah. Okay? But hey, forget about that for a second. We need oil. <laughs> right. Because of ESG. Okay, whatever. It doesn't make any sense. All right. So the clips that you have of John Kirby have to do with something completely different. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden has signed a bill that aims to declassify a bunch of information on the origins of COVID, although who knows when we're actually supposed to get any real information. This is supposedly going to be due in like three months. But, you know, the intelligence community does have a history of not really following those directives. Uh, John Kirby, uh, one of the spokesmen for the White House, was asked about what Joe thinks about the origins of COVID. What's his personal opinion on it? Fair question. Okay. Has the president formed an opinion as to what he thinks happened? He no, thinks he happened? Not. Nor would he. Why would he? He wouldn't form an opinion before uh, he has access to, uh, you know, m- more and more intelligence about, about what happened. What? It's been reported on all over the place. Yeah. And he's the president. He doesn't have to wait for any declassification. He can go find out for himself. He I, didn't know how to handle that question. No. That's my sense. Do you hear the nerves getting to him? Oh, yeah. uh, he has access to, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and it's also news that Joe Biden would wait for more information before developing an opinion on something. Remember when a Border Patrol agent was accused of whipping migrants at the border? <gasps> Didn't even Good happen. example, David. But oh, yeah. It was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treat it like they did, horses really running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. Mm. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. So coming coming strong on that, isn't he? So border patrol agent, no benefit of the doubt. We'll believe whatever leftist nut job on Twitter, uh, whatever that person says. Mm-hmm. The Communist Party, which is responsible for all sorts of human rights abuses, including outright slavery and concentration camps, and also is responsible for a global pandemic that killed millions of people around the world. Kids gloves. Ah, I got to wait for more information here. All right. Oh yeah. Our leaders yeah. hate America. They do. Yes, and they're such wussies. They don't stand on anything. It's whatever they're being told to champion this day. Okay, yeah, we'll evolve on this. We'll champion this for, what, the greater good, which is, you know, our personal gain when it comes down to it in the end. It was horrible what we saw at the border. That was just... They they were whipping. And it was people of color. Harken back to the 1800s. It's disgusting, man. We're being led by absolute buffoons and corrupt morons. Mm-hmm. Jeez. That waiting for all the information can gets kicked all the time. And there's never an end date. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now he has to say, yeah, we're going we're gonna to release all this stuff. 
because a lot of people are noticing, hey, how did all your family members get this money from the Chinese Communist government? How'd that happen? I know exactly legacy media is not hot on that one, but that story's out there. An opinion doesn't necessarily translate to fact. It's an opinion. Right. Give an opinion. (laughs) Okay. We also have audio of Joe Biden uh, giving the name of a new national monument. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he took some time to talk about two new national monuments. One is in Texas and one is in southern Nevada. And the name of it, and I admit it's an, it's not in English, so you can understand that maybe pronunciation wouldn't or would be an issue for it. Avi Kwa Ame, I believe is how it's pronounced. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no doubt it's a hard name to stumble across during a speech. But Joe Biden just swung out of his shoes when he tried to say it. Didn't even okay. get close. Roll it. I'm proud to use my authority under the Antiquities Act to establish the... And I, I want you to know it's a big deal. The Havanaqua May, I, I'm, I'm having trouble. Thank you. I got it. Wait a second. Did he ever say it after that? <laughs> no, he that's didn't. the same clip I heard. <laughs> that's me in second grade and so many others. You know what I'm talking about. And you get to the word you can and the teacher helps. And then you just roll yeah. on to the next word. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Somehow it's Havana Quay something. <laughs> Havana Quayme? Avi Kwa Ame or Ame? I'm, again, I'm not sure, but this guy didn't even get close. He was looking for a high fastball and he got a low sinker. Sounds Here's like the, the name of a Santana album. <laughs> <laughs> You're prepping this ahead of time. I, that's so what you, I mean, yeah. You spell it out in the same way we could be during break, and I'm like, how do you spell it? How do you pronounce this? You go to the pronouncer, yes. David's like, hang on a second. He's going to Google, pronounce it, okay, just so you have an idea. Right. All right? That's the president. This is a new national monument, okay? And I, I want you to know it's a big deal. Such a big deal, I can't say it. The Havanaqua May, I, I'm, I'm having trouble. Thank you. I got it. <laughs> No, you don't. Say it. Yeah, that's what I said. Hakuna Matata. Right. (laughs) We needed activists in there going, say the name. Say the name. New from Dior. (laughs) (laughs) This is a struggle bus yet again. But I bet it was a yellow bus because Kamala said she liked the yellow bus. That's true. You can't even smell them. Mm -hmm. Remember the baby formula shortage? course it was a big deal um there's an investigation into the biden administration about that get to that and much more coming up right there Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of stuff going on. And of course, a lot of talk about Trump, not only the possible indictment, but then also the, I don't know, would you call it an ongoing feud with Ron DeSantis? I don't know what you really call it at this point. Just a back and forth, I guess. It's mm-hmm. weird. Well, it's going to get weirder for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. More on that yeah. A little bit later. Did see this from the Daily Wire. The House Oversight Committee is investigating the Biden administration over mishandling of baby formula shortage. Interesting. 
What? This is a big deal. Well, this was the part of the story that really uh, caught my attention. That the committee blasted the FDA for shuffling around the Food Safety and Nutrition Division instead of firing or reassigning the employees who mishandled this crisis. When they were looking into it, they found that there was little motivation for these people to get on this shortage when it was happening before it became a crisis, and they just weren't doing it. They were more interested in, well, diversity crap than actually getting the job done. I guess we shouldn't be surprised at this point. No, no. Well, remember, we're what... looking at banking. We're like, wait a second, how did these banks fail? Oh, it was all these woke quotas and people not paying attention? That was really a part of it? It turns out, yeah, that's the way it's looking. So I guess with all these things, it's the focus on the wrong things. And I think for most Americans, they don't care who is in what job. And if there happens to be diversity, well, that's great. But the whole diversity is what makes us great is a load. you got to find the best people. It reminds me of, we mentioned this earlier, Crie Jean-Pierre, where she had, it was the historic moment within the last couple of weeks. So it was three women of color, all leading different divisions. Mm-hmm. And as she introduced the last person, she wanted to recognize the moment. Shalanda is the first black woman to be OMB director. You may be sensing a theme here. <laughs> Stick with me for a second. But I do want to take a moment to note the historic nature of the moment that you see in front of you right now. All three of us are historic first in our roles. The first black woman to serve as CEA chair, OMB director, White House press secretary. The first black woman right in front of you for all of those three important, important key roles. I don't want to pause it there. You okay, Robbins? Rolling your no. eyes a lot. Ugh. We we have taken words; they have no meaning anymore. Like historic. What? How many times has this administration used the word historic? Oh, to it's a lot. All the time. Yes. It doesn't well, mean anything. I, I don't even the word. Well, a lot of value. Times, honestly, it's a lie because we heard within the last few weeks fentanyl deaths in yeah. this country, all time historic low. Yeah. What? Yeah. They, they'll say stuff like that and. Yes. You know, it, it just it cheapens the word. The word doesn't mean anything. Glass ceiling breakers used to mean something. Now everyone's got eight of them. Here was you know, the interesting the thing, though. The first person who identifies as a poodle to run our, <laughs> you know, whatever division. Yeah, okay. Here was the other interesting thing about that piece that she, I'll, I'll pick it up like five seconds before so you can hear where this goes, all right? The first black women right in front of you for all of those three important, important key roles uh, in the administration. Now that did not happen by accident. It takes, it's, it, is, it's, it is thanks to this president, President Biden's leadership and commitment to building an administration full of the best and the brightest. What? Yeah, they're, they're not the best and brightest. I mean, tell, there's tell no me, way. Tell me who is really on top of their game in this administration. That's what I'm saying. And everybody knows this. Even the left knows this. It's box checking. The whole goal was, quote, diversity. Are you going to tell me that Mayorkas is just the best we could ever find for the Department of Homeland Security? (laughs) Are you joking me with that? I mean, and on down the line, you can go through the entire administration. Anybody, can you name one person that you say could say has done an 
Not a great job, but admirable. Decent. Is there uh, one? Let me think. No. No. And that's the story because I've always thought at least one person. Right. Is doing... you, you can't find it here. No. So we'll see where this investigation goes over the formula shortage. Uh, there's a new trend on a lighter note. Uh, people are stealing silverware from work. Well, times are tough. Is that what you think it is? No, I think it's just something they can steal. This is what people are saying. It's like, what? This didn't used to be an issue. You know, think about, you know, around the workplace. I know if you go in, you can find spoons, forks, you know, silverware. Don't use it. No. Well, a lot of people have never used it. But it's more common because since people have returned to the office after COVID, um, a lot of companies have made efforts to go green just in the past few years. So where you used to have like plastic utensils around, mm-hmm. they're not around anymore. And restaurants aren't handing them out by default. So a lot of people just don't have them in their purse or wherever else. So then you're going in and using the fork. <laughs> and I'm just guessing there are some people that instead of doing the right thing after you use it, of like washing it, drying it, and then putting it back in whatever cupboard, they either just leave it in the sink for someone else to clean, or they're just like, well, that looks bad. I'll just take it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, how how far have we come in a couple of years? We've gone from, you know, Clorox wiping groceries to stealing community silverware. No. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> <laughs> yes. The amount of silverware being, being stolen right now, though, is, in fact, historic. <laughs> it is historic. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to ask you, Scott, have you ever in your career when you've used actual silverware from a place you've worked, have you ever yourself actually washed it, dried it, and then put it away? No. Hmm. That's why I very rarely use it. But even when you do. No. Somebody that... will do it. <laughs> this is rude. I do, I do yeah, that I at home, Because I've seen it a million times. Yeah. Like, you going to wash that? No. No. Why would I? On down the hall he goes. I'll just throw it away. It's fine. Yeah, I've seen you do that, too. Yeah, like you probably... left it around your desk, and then it started getting hair on it from mold. <laughs> and you decided, ah, I'll just chuck it. I'm tired of shaving it. Yep, yeah. there he goes. Okay. Mentioned uh, Ron DeSantis. You know, he's got a big interview coming up with Piers Morgan. That's what I hear. He put out uh, just a little bit of that interview. I got that. But he was talking about could he beat Biden if he runs for president. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. So Pierce Morgan has this interview with Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. You know, word is he might be running for president. Anyway, um, there was a little teaser video of the interview. It doesn't last very long, but it goes like this. I think you could beat Biden? I think so. So you're running then? 
No, I didn't say that. I just said I think I could. I mean, I think that that's I mean, if you look at Florida, who would be harder to beat, Biden or Donald Trump? We're I don't know. Those are two different. You think you could beat Biden? And then it just loops. It's like that same little clip over and over. Yeah. That's the teaser. But I saw a few stories about it. New York mm-hmm. Post had something. Daily Wire had something. Um, so Trump has gone on after DeSantis for a while now. That's what Piers Morgan asked him, which nickname he preferred to Sanctimonious yeah. or Meatball. I think he said he couldn't spell Sanctimonious, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, right? That's what I read in the piece. But he said he probably preferred that one. Yeah, he likes that one over Meatball. Yes. Um, but it seemed like he handled it okay. I thought so. Yeah. I mean, I think, okay, you're going to have Trump faithful, right? No matter what DeSantis does, he will get criticized for that. There's no doubt about it. And some people are just done with Trump. And those people voted for him twice, but now just want something different. And I think whatever DeSantis does, they're going to see it as, well, that was the right way to handle that. What else are you going to do against Trump? And so to watch this is going to be pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like, you know, as much as I'm just going to try to watch this unfold and you'll have opinions on how it goes as it sort of runs along, people will end up having to pick a side sooner or later. Oh, sure. And I mean, I'm thinking about different buddies of mine at their workplace having these debates back and forth of why it's got to be Trump or why, you know, the whole party's got to move on from Trump. That's going to go back and forth for a while. And there's already predictions of it's going to split the party so much that they won't be able to come back together. See, I don't believe the, that's that. That's the thing I worry the most about. Mm. I don't believe that. I, I, I just anything that keeps Joe Biden from a second term. Good Lord. I mean, that can't happen. Yeah, I to me, I, I just kind of think it, it comes down to having an open mind and recognizing it's going to get ugly during the primaries because it always does. And especially if Trump's involved, it's going to get ugly and just see who comes out on top. It should be a brutal primary, in my opinion. Um, I will say this for the, the people who are saying I won't vote. Uh, for DeSantis or anybody else, if whoever else wins the primary of Trump is in factor, saying I'm only voting for Trump and that's it. Well, I mean, you can do that, but you realize that if Trump plays sour grapes and spoils the election for a DeSantis or whoever else would be the nominee, I don't know who, who would be, uh, Trump will become the most reviled figure in conservative politics moving forward. And I and I don't want to see that happen. I really don't, because there are a lot of good things that happen. But if he plays stompy foot after losing, if he loses the primary, and spoils the whole thing, then yeah, there's a lot of people who are going to be totally bitter about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think politicians have been saying this for years. The old, you know, another four years of this person, I don't think our country could survive it. Mm-hmm. So you've been hearing that since you were a kid. I think it's true this time. The country can't survive another four years of Biden. I really believe that. It's going to be to the point where some things will be beyond repair. That's my fear. Are they going to primary him? See, that's that's another thing. Well, somebody already is. Well, that would be Marianne Williamson. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, you're right, David. Well, before we move on, the whole part where Trump responded 
to what DeSantis said the other day, saying Ron DeSanctimonious will probably find out about false accusations and fake stories sometime in the future as he gets older, wiser, and better known when he's unfairly and illegally attacked by a woman, even classmates that are underage or possibly a man. People thought he went over the line with that. I would imagine he's just getting warmed up. Yeah. It's going to be far worse than that. A lot of this is a test run, too, if it sticks. Yes. I don't think the sanctimonious is stuck. No. Well, it doesn't really make any sense. No. That's the problem. If you have to explain it, it doesn't really work. And the sanctus and all that stuff. It doesn't make any sense. We get meatball. The other thing, by the way, that (laughs) 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 um, DeSanta said in the interview with Piers Morgan made me think of you immediately, David. When he said the approach to COVID was different. I would have fired somebody like Fauci. You've said that for over a year. I think that's the biggest weakness that Trump has in any potential matchup between him and and Ron DeSantis. And and DeSantis can actually say, I did it. I took the arrows from everybody around the country uh, by ignoring Dr. Anthony Fauci. Do I have any doubt in my mind that Fauci would have been completely sidelined had DeSantis been president? I don't have any doubt. I think absolutely Fauci would have been kicked out of the White House for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting, man. And here's the thing, man. And you've both said this for a long time, too. To me, DeSantis looks great right now. No doubt about it. He's got a lot of positives without a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. But there are things we may not know about him yet. Totally true. That's what I mean by have an open mind. I mean, you right. just got to wait for the thing to play out. Yeah, you know how you feel right now, but then sometimes you can find out something. You're like, oh, well, crap, I didn't know that. Holy smokes. Maybe you'll just stand up and go, you know what? It's not my time. I'm not running. Uh, it's possible. It is possible. Are, do you want to take any no. bets on that? No. Tim Scott's going to announce. Yeah, he okay. I like Tim Scott. He doesn't I have do a chance. Too. I'm with you there. Some people running right now, is it? Okay. My first gut is seems a little selfish. Because you know you're not going to win. You're trying to build your brand mm-hmm. more than anything yeah. else. It, that's what it seems like. But it's free country. You you're can do the whatever opening you want. act, man. You're just trying to build a brand. Yep. Okay. That time of the show. Looking at all these stories around. May not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention today. David, what's your story? Well, we've been waiting for the Trump perp walk. Right? Is, is Trump going to be arrested by this out-of-control Soros DA? Uh, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan over the Stormy Daniels payout. Well, evidently, uh, the grand jury was supposed to convene today to hear some sort of testimony. Well, under mysterious circumstances, it was called off today. So apparently they're on standby for tomorrow. Uh, Fox News is reporting that uh, there is major dissension in the DA's office surrounding this. Like, this is going to... This is going to cross a line that we can't really back away from if we were to indict him over this. I've heard a number of people say that, but that's been from the conservative side. Yeah. Well, actually, I even heard uh, Van Jones on CNN. Really? Saying, yeah, this is not the one. Now, he wasn't saying Trump shouldn't be indicted. I don't want to give you the false impression there. Okay. But, But he was saying that the Manhattan DA was the wrong case to start with. He's saying, well, you could put him away for election interference in Georgia. Let that prosecutor take it. All that stuff. And But he did actually say, like, Alvin 
Bragg, the DA in Manhattan, has an opportunity to walk back from the brink a little bit here because this would be the worst case to start this firestorm over, and it's not worth it. Yeah. Okay. So the whole take is everybody knows that they're not going to get Trump on this. Yeah. It's bogus, and it's going to make anything that Van Jones thinks is the real deal yeah. soften in the future. Right. Um, one other question real quick with Van Jones. Did he weep when he said it? He did not. He okay. did not weep. Well, that's good, because sometimes he gets... You don't have to worry if the president's going to be happy to have babies snatched away or send dreamers back for no reason. Because I don't want him getting upset, my goodness. I know. What's your story today, Scott? Uh, Senator J.D. Vance has bought a new house in the Alexandria uh, neighborhood with full of liberals. Uh, one of the people, as I said, the purchase price was $1.5 million. And some of the neighbors that are just scratching their heads about why this man would want to live in our neighborhood. Filled with pride flags and kindness posters. To welcome to the neighborhood, they did a yarn bombing. That means rainbow knitting now covers the signpost that's near his home. Welcome to the neighborhood. Think like us or else, J.D. Vance. So much inclusion. They Why would you there. want to live in this neighborhood? You know, I, yeah. I wondered that we want myself. segregation. I wondered, thought. Right, exactly. The party of diversity, inclusiveness right. and tolerance, and their yarn, yarn bombing. That was a new one for me. Apparently, they get the rainbow yarn colors and throw them in your yard. Well... I guess it beats rocks through glass. It's still pretty stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something for the dog to wear later. Um, I saw this. Again, not the biggest story out there, but I thought you might find this interesting. It has to do with uh, parenting and possible abuse. You can tell me if you think this is abuse or not. Chris Hemsworth, he's Thor, you know. He and his wife are catching some heat for supposedly abusing their son. It was on his birthday, too. They have twin sons, Mm -hmm. Sasha and Tristan. They just turned nine. So Chris posted a picture from the birthday celebration that had some people bothered. Van Jones may have cried just seeing it. (laughs) It showed his wife, Elsa, shoving one of the kids' faces into his birthday cake while everyone else laughed. He captioned it, one way to eat cake in the house, and that's to have a mom slam your head into it face first! Exclamation mark. Hey, mom, I don't like chocolate cake. I prefer vanilla. Oh, really, son? What about now? Oh, here, put, put your face in it. <laughs> and everybody laughs. Right. Some people said that's violent. Oh. And it's not funny. And it's abuse. <laughs> it is not abuse. Come on. I mean, oh. I, people have been doing that for a long time. I mean, if you now if you have a, a, a kid who's maybe a little more on the sensitive side, maybe maybe spare him that sort of embarrassment. I don't know. Some would argue, no, he needs he needs a whole pie to the face. I don't know. It just depends on you and your situation. But, I mean, really? isn't it still a tradition yeah. in a lot of circles that like, at a wedding? Yeah. You, you, yes. smash, the cake, you, you smash the cake on the right. people's faces. It's yeah. just a thing. It, get over it. If he only, showed abuse right. to her on the wedding night. He would have <laughs> If only he would have hired a drag queen. He could have smacked the kid with a, pros- <laughs> with a prosthetic. <laughs> uh, and to paint the picture, there were other people that did come to their defense saying, it's just stupid. It's just play. It's humor. Yeah. Okay, they're, look at them. They're having a good time together. You nuts.
Okay, did a country star just obliterate her career again? We'll get to that story. Yeah, you've had it, Robin. You've had it. It's coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp. Scott Robin. Okay, you tell me, is this a Dixie Chicks sort of situation with Marin Morris? Well, this Liberal is like, country star? You're just falling on your own career sword here. Well, she want to go back to just, you know, nine to so five living? Who did what? Country star Marin Morris. Joined a bunch of other performers on Monday at the LGBTQ plus benefits concert held at Nashville's Bridgestone Arena. Okay. Um, this is raising money to fight legislation banning transgender procedures for minors and drag shows in the presence of children. They want to fight for the right for that. Mm-hmm. Marin Morris is all about it and wants to help the cause. So uh, when it was her turn to perform... She told the audience that earlier in the day she had introduced her toddler son to several drag queens in their dressing rooms and said that her son was delighted to watch the drag queens work on their hair and makeup while preparing for the show. And so she said to the audience, yes, I introduced my son to some drag queens today. So Tennessee, bleeping arrest me. Because you know that Republican Governor Bill Lee signed two pieces of legislation into law on March 2nd protecting children from sex change procedures and sexually explicit drag shows. Maren Morris not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Well, back in January, she had apologized to LGBTQ plus members on behalf of the entire country music genre. Get out. Said, coming from country music and its relationship with LGBTQ plus members, I just want to say I'm sorry. I love you guys for making me feel like a brave voice in country music. So I just thank you guys so much for inspiring me. So fighting for the drag shows with kids and sex change procedures for kids. Hey, free country. You can do whatever you want. can't imagine a lot of the traditional country music audience or even modern country music audiences down with it. Yeah, I don't know. I think she has a little bit more uh, pop sensibilities. So she may be trying to go with the Taylor Swift crowd. Oh, so like more just than kind of get into yeah the pop world. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's probably more it. And so yeah, I, I don't think it's the same as Dixie Chicks going embarrassed by George W. Bush and whatnot. Yeah, interesting. Weren't you saying, Scott, that people are out of their minds about Morgan Wallen and his popularity? I mean, he's gotten like five songs in the top ten right now. He's got the number one song in the country charts. Like 30 songs, like 30 in, the songs in the top 100. Because he said the N-word once when he was drunk and talking right. to a it, white friend of his. It's all these racists that are just trying to get back that yeah. are buying his product. I mean, he was pretty big before the fall from grace anyway. So, yeah, that makes no sense. No. Yeah, that, he was already huge. I think they were frustrated because the, his fan base like, okay, so he was drunk and said something stupid. Yeah. What he said wasn't 
didn't have any sort of racial tinge to it at all. It was just calling his friend the N-word, as I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we decide when that can be said and when it can't. It can't be said there. You're canceled. <laughs> and the eyes are like, I don't care. Whatever. Well, it may be some people that went, I'm going to support this guy. I don't know anything about country music. I don't even know if I like him, but I'm going to buy his product now. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, one of the biggest uh, artists in rap is, is Cardi B. And, I mean, she admitted to date raping people. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's like, and if you like her music, then go for it. Listen to her music. I'm not telling you you can't, but just saying one guy drunkenly saying the N-word to a white friend of his yeah. is significantly less problematic than date raping people. <laughs> I would say so. Here's a crazy stat, switching gears. 90% of parents say their teens lack the skills to do household chores. Like 29% said they couldn't make a bed, or 41% couldn't iron a shirt, 31% couldn't fold sheets or clothes properly. Whose fault is that? The skills. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Golly. You just haven't made them do it. (laughs) Doesn't happen through osmosis. I mean, you got to teach them how to do it. Uh, If you don't learn how to fold those sheets, you lose your phone. I bet they're going to learn in a hurry. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, certainly one of the biggest stories out there is that Russia and China are coming together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's interesting as far as legacy media. I mean, we've known this for a long time, but it's been out there now for well over a week that you have the House Intelligence Committee talking about the sitting president right now, Joe Biden, his family getting money from China. Mm-hmm. And we also know about his son Hunter with Ukraine and the energy company Burisma. We know all of this from the laptop that we said for a long time doesn't so much have to do with Hunter Biden himself, but how it links to Joe Biden. But we don't want to talk about any of that stuff when it comes to Russia China, Ukraine, nothing about that. Mm-mm. We'll just sort of say, yeah, I mean, this is not good. We're going to really have to back Ukraine now because China and Russia are getting together and Russia is going to be supporting or being supported by China. So more than ever, we've got to be there to support Ukraine. And you're scratching your head on this whole thing, trying to make sense of it. I mean, and what other things are the media concerned about? Well, Trump being arrested. Oh, Stormy Daniels, yeah. There's, there's bringing that back mm-hmm. up again. Uh, what was the other thing from MSNBC? Oh, that if you mention this is a Soros-backed DA with this whole Trump thing, you know what that is by saying this is a Soros-backed DA? No. Dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's anti-Semitic. It is? Because that, that, they've been trotting that out for years, that if you criticize George Soros, it's because you're claiming that uh, he's part of a secret Jewish cabal that is trying to control the world or something. And it's like, no, we're actually talking about... These are the same people that for years wet themselves 
every time the Koch brothers made a do- donation. Correct. Koch brothers! Rah, rah, rah! Don't you dare criticize George Soros, because otherwise that means you hate the Jews. It makes no sense, but it's worked. Remember a few years ago, yes. uh, Newt Gingrich was, was on a Fox News, actually, and he mentioned uh, George Soros backing certain prosecutors or politicians, and the anchor on Fox News actually cut him off and said, okay, we're done here. Yeah, because that was the one thing people couldn't say for a while, is you can't even mention George Soros or you'll get labeled as anti-Semitic or just uh, some sort of kook. Yeah. Some sort of conspiracy theory. No, he funds all these DAs, and then they let criminals go. It's destroying the country all over the place. But if you say it, dog whistle. This was Joy Reid, MSNBC. Chrissy Wallander, last word to you then on this. The fact that they keep throwing George Soros's name. We've talked about a lot on the, on the in, in our show meetings. Is it definitely feels like a dog whistle that is dangerous? <laughs> It absolutely feels like a dog whistle that's dangerous. Look, most of these groups, the Oath Keepers, Boogaloo Boys, Proud Boys, they all subscribe to what yes, you, you are the, all. there we get the eye roll from from David Van Camp. That was beautiful. Yeah, the Boogaloo Boys, Oath Keepers. You are all referring to is the Great Replacement Theory, which is that idea that the majority <laughs> of the white population is, is, is being replaced. And this is why we see these spikes no. in... <laughs> In You're killing people it's, of color right. with these DAs. Right, right. No, the the objection is that a lot of people are dying, and a lot of those people happen to be black. Correct. If this, I mean, dude, if it really were about the Great Replacement theory or whatever, then then these whatever right wing neo Confederate white supremacists would be cheering on guys like Alvin Bragg. They would yeah. love it. Yeah, I've made the point before. Yep. That's a white supremacist dream. You want people of color to die? Let Soros back a DA and right. get him elected. Because more people of color are going to die. In racism, these spikes in anti-Semitism is because they are ascribing to this belief. And it's stoking this this division. I mean, Trump has, for multiple years actually now, has called for a civil war. And I think that's... He has? That's news what? to me. We cover news every day. When... Voted for him. When <laughs> when did he ever say, I'm when, leading the Civil War? When, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, I, th- this, is, this is just liberal talking points coming out of a bingo tumbler, isn't it? I, I have no idea what. It sounds like one after another, yes. And I think that's really what he's inferring when he does that. And that's why we're playing whack-a-mole, essentially, yeah. with a lot of these online threats. And they want trans kids to die! And... Online whack-a-mole with online, online threats, threats, right? Yeah. What do you? Yeah, I know. I don't know. Just see, throw it in there every once in a while. See, actually, I think there are a lot of conservatives when it comes to these Soros DAs who are actually fighting against a great replacement theory that these DAs are enacting, which is to replace alive kids with dead kids. So mm-hmm. we would rather have those kids be alive. Yeah, yeah, and why? I guess because they would say it makes you feel better, and that's part of white supremacy. They'll twist anything into a knot. They're freaking loons. It's, it's insanity. Again, words that lose meaning. It doesn't mean anything anymore because everything is. Right? I yes. Mean, it just is. Okay. There's a sinister motive behind everything. Let's talk about COVID origins. Actually, let's not because that's xenophobic. Right. Yeah, it's because they some Chinese person ate a raccoon dog or something. 
That was a beaut, wasn't it? <laughs> well, we've had All three, of a sudden, yeah. raccoon dog. Yeah. Pangolas, bats, yeah. Yeah. raccoon dogs. But John Kirby was talking yeah. about COVID origins. Yeah. And said what? It's a little bit uh, tongue-tied talking about this. So Joe Biden has signed a bill that aims to declassify a bunch of information on the origins of COVID. Although, again, I, he's supposed to that they're supposed to have this ready for the American public to see in 90 days. I'm not sure if it'll actually happen, uh, even though technically it's required by law. The House of Representatives voted unanimously in favor of this. But anyway, Fox News' Peter Ducey asked White House spokesman John Kirby about this. Roll it. He says he will declassify COVID origins intel except info that would harm national security. Wow. Is there a bigger national security threat than something that killed 1.1 yeah. yeah. million people? Yeah, in this country? I've, seen, I've seen some of the commentary. Uh, on your network about this. Uh, the president obviously has to balance transparency with national security. Peter, of course he does. Um, right when coming into office, ordered the declassification of what the DNI had on COVID origins, ordered the entire intelligence community, and added the Department of Energy to that list. Uh, and where is it? Well, yeah, and you're not answering the question either. Hey, let me finish my answer. If we're talking about the beginning of Added the Department term. of Energy and the National Labs, so. told them to keep studying it. Um, we have kept Congress informed. Some of that has to be in a classified way right now. But it's always a balance between the, uh, the public's right to know, right, not need, but right, and our obligation to protect national security. Washed-up comedy guy John Stewart figured this out, dude. Right. It's taking this, you know, months long going through the files to see if we could figure out where that virus came from. Really? Come on, man. This is BS. And you would expect it to be. But great question from Ducey. We've determined it came from Laffy Taffy. <laughs> <laughs> that had been chewed by an armadillo. <laughs> Uh, David, you have another clip from the president. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure sounds all with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Joe Biden presented National Humanities Medals and National Medals of Art yesterday. Bruce Springsteen was involved. Some oh, other writers golly. and artists as well. One of the uh, artists involved was a guy named Richard Blanco. He's a poet who wrote a poem for the second inauguration of Barack Obama. And so Joe Biden tried to read that poem. Oh, boy. Did not go well. Okay. So this is why I hold off from hearing this until oh, the show. this is fantastic. Richard Blanco uh, returned to a poem he wrote from the second inaugural of Barack and me. A poem, one today, it says, And always one moon like a silent drum tapping at every rooftop and every window on every, in, of every county. Country. I'm, let me start this over again. I'm getting some. It turned into a comedy number. Yeah, it did. It's not supposed to be a comedy number. <laughs> Holy mackerel. I'm getting so intimidated by you being here. <laughs> and always one moon, like a silent drum, tapping on every rooftop and every window of one country, county, county. All of us facing the stars. Golly, man. Oh, man. I think, I think he actually got country right, but then corrected himself with the wrong thing. Right. It was one country, county, county. Yeah. <laughs> no country. It's that okay. damn stutter acting up again. 
You know, dude, you know what's sad? Because I'm just going with first reaction to hearing that. You guys had heard it before. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's like a kid in grade school that's reading out loud for the first time and is mm -hmm. nervous and can't get through it. It's like learning to read. Yeah. He never had this problem before. That's not a stutter. He's senile. We all know it. You know, imagine him delivering the line in Field of Dreams. People will most defiantly come, Ray. Definitely. No. Definitely. <laughs> this guy, I mean, th th how embarrassing. I don't even know what he said. You just get lost because it's... I know. It, and it's this profound piece of poetry that he's going to read that was read at an inauguration. Okay. You need a guest reader. You don't know, like they used to do in school? Like our guest reader today is... Yes. So country he got right, and then he changed it to county. County. Yeah. Okay. And we got something else that we got to play, but I got to halt this for a second because I know there are some people listening that have never heard this story before, and it just reminded me of hearing country, country together like this. Scott Robbins has a story from way back, and it doesn't take very long. I just but told this story today, actually. Yeah. To somebody else? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It was someone starting a radio career for the first time. When Ronald when, Reagan fired the air traffic controllers when he yes. blew them all out in 81... There's a lot of them that were looking for work, right? Yes. So this guy always wanted to be a radio DJ. It was overnight at a country station, AM country station. Yes. I was the FM top 40 guy. I got off at midnight. It was this guy's first night on the air, right? Yes. Never been on the air before. Yes. So the program director said, hey, could you hang around a little bit to make sure he's okay? Right. Sure. Okay, I can do that. So this guy is sitting there. He puts his headphones on like 10 minutes before he goes on the air. His hands are shaking, <laughs> shaking. He's a wreck. <laughs> and the, the, the first song starts. He opens the microphone. And just says, country, country, thank you. <laughs> Turned the microphone off, put the headphones down, walked out the door, got in his car, drove away, never came back. <laughs> <laughs> it is nerve-wracking the first time you ever do it. Yes. But man, I've never heard of country, I mean, country, thank you. This, guy, this guy's landing planes for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and putting headphones on and talking it destroys him. <laughs> We got to locate that guy. I wish I knew his name now, but he wasn't didn't hang around long. He never gave his name. Daily update. And now it's country, country, thank you thank on you. the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Golly. <laughs> okay. I called the program director. He just said country. I know I just heard it. Where'd he go? He's gone. I don't know. Okay. Oh, we got to get to this popular trance TV star that totally broke down. You got to hear this audio and much more coming up right here. Thank you. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Heart-wrenching alert. Yeah, th this is what the whole gender madness has done to people. Uh, there's this dude named Jazz Jennings. He's living his life as a woman. He was pushed into it at the age of like five or six. Got on puberty blockers shortly thereafter. Got a sex change, and then his mom put him on TV for a reality show. He's yeah. 23 now. Uh, I mean, he and his life has been terrible. He's a wreck. But oh, they man. still keep putting cameras in front of him. He's I think it was on TLC, wasn't it? Yeah. TLC? I am jazz yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. He's developed an eating disorder that caused him to gain 100 pounds. 
Yeah. Uh, and this clip from the show is now making the rounds of him having a total meltdown, and his mom is there trying to comfort him. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, oh, okay. But you know I can't get out of my head. I know. No, listen. <laughs> I it just know. doesn't stop. It's okay. Give me a hug. It's okay. I know what you're going through. We've been there before. No, it still doesn't stop now. And I'm already going back to negative. But the more you're talking about yourself, it gets harder. I feel kind of all over the place. And, like, my mind is very cluttered and not clear. And I really want to have that clarity. I really want to understand myself and be able to read my own soul and what I want. And it's just very challenging. And I think I'm kind of breaking down a little bit and spiraling into negativity. I just want to feel like myself. Like, that's it. I don't care. All I want is to be happy and feel like me, and I don't feel like me ever. Oh, my goodness, man. Yeah. So doing irreversible... Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Doing irreversible damage to yourself didn't help, huh? It's really sad. Yeah, because when you read those stories of people detransitioning, they will often say, I was told that once you transition then you're going to finally feel like yourself and everything will be great. And they find out it's not. Mother started this when the child was five. Yeah. Yeah, there was another clip. I guess it was brutal, dude. I guess it was from right after the surgery where the mom, the mom's a crazy person. I mean, seriously, it's like that Munchausen's by proxy kind of thing going on. Yeah. And uh, the mom had been laughing and talking about how she would wake up jazz in the middle of the night to force in a new catheter shortly after the the surgery because she would be really and said something like I told Jazz I'd be really really upset mad if that hole sealed up because that is a risk that goes along with that it's ugly oh, man dude gosh dang it uh, it is sad and yet you get so angered thinking about it what is happening to these kids. Well, what kind of mother? Never mind. It, we already know. I know. It's Narcissist, evil. The designer purses. All right. Lighten it up, David. You got a song for us today? Yeah. We're going to song? Uh, North Texas country singer has this song out. It's, I just, I, I, someone, uh, it was actually Trey Ware on KTSA alerted me to this. Thank um, you, Trey. Uh, this is from Natasha Owens. All right, Natasha, let it rip. <laughs> so anyway that's our new national anthem uh, oh, just that's no. hilarious oh man <laughs> triggered people all over the place with that they know it we know it the fake news won't show it. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be on the charts oh yeah. downloads man oh, you, yeah. can, you can see it happening all right thank you for that this is the markley van camp and robin show David, biggest story today would be what? Uh, biggest story to me is is Xi Jinping meeting with Pre- Russian President uh, Vladimir Putin, talking about forging a new relationship moving forward to try to upset the status quo in the world order, meaning dethroning America as the as the uh, biggest and baddest kid on the playground. Um, and Russian President Vladimir Putin saying, "Yeah, we'll use Chinese currency uh, in dealing with uh, multiple countries throughout the world because of the sanctions that have been put in place." Uh, that's not that's not great. 
uh, moving forward if they really do. And that's what some people were worried about with us getting so heavily involved in the invasion of Ukraine. Wow. Yeah, it's something. You know, something else we got to get to. Piers Morgan asking Ron DeSantis what his favorite Trump nickname is. <laughs> to that and much more coming up. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, with one button unbuttoned, Scott Robbins. Little chest fur. I like it. Good no, luck, Tom. Just a little tad. Okay, it's about to get interesting with Ron DeSantis and <laughs> Donald Trump. What? There's just a little hint. This is so You're teasing the ladies Wasn't with that it. Unnecessary? That was just unnecessary. Why was that necessary? Just having fun. This is what we do. Golly. It's just a hint. You can't give away the entire store. It's a free right. sample. Yeah. That's the way I Part look at it. It's a good look. Oh, thanks. No problem. Sometimes you got a t-shirt in there, but not today. No. It's like letting the chest fur fly. Nothing wrong with it. Okay. Now, with Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, I'm guessing after this Piers Morgan interview airs, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, well, it's already been pretty interesting, but uh, Donald Trump uh, has been workshopping different nicknames for the governor of Florida, and it looks like he's pretty much settled on Ronda Sanctimonious and or Ronda Sanctus. I don't really understand the DeSanctus hmm. thing, and DeSanctimonious uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but he's also thought about Meatball Ron and Tiny D, <laughs> which at least that has a little bit of comedy factor in it, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah, uh, it's DeSant okay. So it's not it's not Lion Ted, mm -hmm. Crooked Hillary, <laughs> Sloppy Steve. <laughs> yes, little Steve Marco. Yeah. <laughs> so DeSantis was interviewed by Piers Morgan, who asked, "Hey, what's your favorite nickname?" Okay, what's uh, your favorite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron Ron the Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't. Uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, I can't. Uh, I don't know how to spell the Sanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me. You can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner. <laughs> yep. And then went on to say, because that's what we've been doing in Florida. Yeah. Winning. Yeah. See, and there will be some people say he shouldn't have said that. He was taking a shot at Trump, which I don't understand. No. I just don't get that thinking. No, it's the it's the punch and counterpunch thing, man. I mean, I think I think this is the one thing that a lot of people in twenty sixteen and twenty fifteen in the early days of the primary with Trump is that they tried to always fight fire with fire. I mean, DeSantis is fighting fire with derision. Which I think is much more effective. I think so too. Uh, personally, when you kind of just laugh it off and it's like, "Hey, but I win," and you all, and then you always circle back to say, "Here's what we do," or "Here's what I've done," mm -hmm. in this case. Well, and I think it's probably important for him to also mention how Trump is getting completely railroaded mm -hmm. right now, like recognizing that, yeah, this is a Soros-backed <clears throat> DA, and you know, 
New York. And yeah, it's obviously a political witch hunt or however he says it. He acknowledges that and then kind of gets his point across. The other thing, at least to me, because DeSantis has been very popular in Florida, obviously. There's been a number of different policy issues that he's won on. Rubio back in 2015, 2016 didn't have that kind of track record. No. None of those guys did. No, not the only guy, ironically enough, was Jeb, who actually had a track record and was a pretty popular governor of Florida. The problem was his last name, and he came across as just plain old lame. The whole Jeb exclamation point thing, um, I mean, that was that was really it. I mean, I, you could well, look at Well, and it was the whole proven conservative record. Right. He thought he could just say that right. over and over, and I'll get elected. But yeah, I mean, this one feels a little bit different than, you know, going up against Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, and I don't have anything in particularly, you know, I don't have anything bad to say about them, but it just... You're right about the track record, Jamie, is that DeSantis can say, here's what I've done, A, B, and C. And, hey, about these Soros-backed prosecutors, I actually fired one. So, yeah, that's true. Scoreboard, you know. As far as the whole, you know, people mad that DeSantis would start playing this game with Trump, I mean, Trump did suggest that he was uh, diddling an underage man. (laughs) earlier this week, or said that someone would make the accusation. Would make that accusation. About Ron DeSantis. So it's like, well, okay, then yes, if you're going to punch, there's going to be a counterpunch. And Trump always talks about being a counterpuncher and all that stuff. So, I mean, you just kind of have to roll with it. The thing about Rubio, remember when he tried it? It's not him. It was out of of character, and he, he was like swinging for the fences. Yeah. That got a little bit nasty. Was it, you know, talking about the he was a spray tan, something yeah. like that. He doesn't sweat because his pores are clogged from the spray tan that he uses. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. Donald is not going to make America great. He's going to make America orange. I remember watching that that yeah. day going, this is crazy. Yeah. That guy just did a 180 of his whole personality. That was wild. His hands are the size of someone who's 5'2". Have you seen his hands? Oh, yeah. They're like this. He went after Trump's hands. Yeah. Because there was that whole thing with the Washington Post talking about his hands, and Trump kept defending his hand size. What an insane time that was. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow. And then Trump went after Rubio's ears. Thank God he has really large ears, the biggest ears I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be a wild ride, man. It really is. Okay. Moving on to other things. Uh, You're telling me the quote is, being anti-racist is like Jesus sending out the disciples. Yep. That's what? That's where How we are. How does that work? Well, we know that wokeism is basically a religion. And in fact, when it's rooted in Marxism, I mean, Karl Marx openly admitted that part of his movement uh, that he wanted to start uh, was modeled after religious movements. It just didn't involve a, a god. It involved a one-world government. They would do everything for you, would be your savior. And there even was an apocalyptic vision. They called it the end of history, which is sort of like this is the promised land that we're going to go to if you do A, B, and C. Yes. And so, you know, modern Marxism has adopted that, and now they're actually just openly using religion again as a vehicle for wokeness, which is really, at the end of the day, communist ideology. Uh, There's a therapist named Eric Nykamp. He's also an anti-racist educator who specializes in unpacking racial trauma. 
the okay. Mythinformed podcast actually uh, pointed this out, a lecture he gave about different stages of being anti-racist. Yes. Uh, and he compares anti-racism to being a disciple of Jesus. Roll it. Now we've got white people looking for other white people who want to work on racism. We need to be one another's anti-racist white people. It's stage five. Or if you want to use, let's use Christian language, okay? It's like you've been discipled. And now you're going to go out and you're going to... It's like Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. Okay. Now you're going out. And you're going out with other people that you're both disciples. You go out and you can go do the work. I mean, you're going to heal people yeah. of their racism because they're white and there's nothing <clears throat> they can do about it. So I guess there's going to be... Uh... I don't know, door-to-door wokesters going going around talking about... It's like, uh, do you have a minute to talk about your Lord and Savior anti-racism? <laughs> uh, and I'll just be like, send those Jehovah's Witnesses back. I need to talk to them, okay? It's something, man. Well, a lot's been talked about recently of, for a lot of people, this does fill this void. Because... As human beings, there is a need for God for so many people. I mean, the percentage of atheists in society is pretty small. It's like overrepresented as far as media goes. And so there is this, and cause for purpose within one's soul is talked about a lot. And so they people join this cause and think that they're doing something right with the world. And this, yeah, that part is like a religion. Wow, that's psychotic. But you see a lot of people buying into it. I mean, all you got to do is watch Libs of TikTok. No. I mean, those people have been discipled, not in a good way. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've got family members. There's one in particular I think I've mentioned before who actually does hand out books. That's how I got a copy of uh, White Fragility by that nut Robin D'Angelo. Yeah, I remember you had to do the work, Here's, David. I bought, I bought a lot of copies of this, and sometimes I just hand them out to people who I think need to do the work. Here you go. I'm like, okay, that's uh, all right. I'll I'll read some of them. I did read White Fragility because it is unintentionally one of the funniest books I've ever read. By the way, when you circled back around, a la Jin Saki, to mm -hmm. this person, did you say, you know, this is a load of crap and here's why? I did, actually, and then the conversation ended. So. Yeah. Right. Well, because especially with Robin D'Angelo, it's all this circular logic that she employs where basically she says, here's why you inherently as a white person are racist and nobody else is racist but you, and you are an oppressor, and if you disagree with anything I say, it's because you're racist. That's actually your white fragility showing. You, yeah, can't, you can't get win. out of it. Right. Yep. Can you imagine somebody stopping you at Walmart saying, I know you're a racist, I'm just here to help. <laughs> Tell me about your racist past. <laughs> I mean, you'd punch him in the face. Like, get away from me. <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to have, like, temples of born-again anti-racists and things yeah. like that. You know, I was reading something. There's a totally different story here. But reading about the trailer that came out for a slasher movie where all the victims are all straight white dudes. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Movie called Pound Cake. Nothing to do with the Van Halen song, as far as I know. Uh, uh -huh. mm -hmm. I mean, well, it, it's this whole thing where every, again, every person that gets killed is a straight white male. Okay. And it says the filmmakers are trying to say something. 
and there's discussions going on that some characters um, say, what is this? The makers of this movie, are they trying to gain sympathy for cisgender white men? Is that what this is all about? And so that people would stop seeing them as oppressors? And then there are other people that's like, no, it's just funny that it's just nothing but white guys that are being offed. And then there's the question that people have, well, are all white guys bad? Aren't there any good ones? And you go back to Robin D'Angelo, and the only white ones that are good are the ones that are, quote, doing yeah. the work. <laughs> That'd be great. The great reveal of who the killer is is actually Robin D'Angelo. I don't know if all the straight white guys are killed did they repent of their whiteness before they were killed therefore (laughs) entering the garden of wokeness we don't after death I don't know No, they don't repent and and so they go to the eternal hellfire of Ibram X. Kendi yes speeches on loop while you're in a room all by yourself oh yeah Yeah, that that is the worst (laughs) yeah um, also saw this out there. Uh, they put this out, I think, every year. It's the top words that people can't spell, mm. according to Google searches. Like, how do you spell this? No, tough ones, man. Um, number one is restaurant. Do you struggle with restaurant? Restaurant. Yeah. So you already know that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking to put anybody on the spot just for embarrassment on the mm-hmm. show. It's not that. Pneumonia? Yeah. Don't want to give that a shot, do you? No. David? E-N-E-U-M-O-N-I-A? Yes, sir. Nice job. Well played. Appreciate. That's not that hard. No. That one doesn't seem that hard to me. Receipt? No. A lot of I's and E's here. Yeah. You know receipt, right? Is it I before E or E before I? E before I? Correct. Remember, it's I before E, except, except after, after C. C. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Eh, that one doesn't seem too hard. No, no my, I am surprised by some of these. That one's my hard. Achilles heel is Massachusetts. For the life of me, I don't know. I, I think I've maybe gotten that right on the first try once. Sometimes writing it down is, and then looking at it going, that doesn't look right. And then you scratch it out and you try it again. Okay, do you want me to give it a shot? I don't have it in front of me. All right, go David, for it. That's how to spell it, okay. M-A-S-S-A-C-H-U-S-E-T-T-S. That's right. Good nice, job. Nice job. But can you spell diarrhea? That's another hard one. D-I-A. One or two R's. R-R-H-E-A. Dang, you know your diarrhea. And Massachusetts. I think it's part of You guys call me Rain Man sometimes. Mm-hmm. I can memorize some things, like times of songs. We've gone over yeah. this before. Mm-hmm. I, at grade school, I won the spelling bee, I think it was fifth grade, and then went to the county and got smoked. Just embarrassed. <laughs> it was bad. But I, was just, I was just right loose stool. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. That's the way you do it, man. Yeah. Comes down to that. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Okay, we got to get to a news update. Stuff popping today. And you won't believe what 51% of pet owners think they could do. Straight ahead.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So David, the Manhattan Grand Jury not meeting today. No, they are not meeting today. Uh, so an indictment of Donald Trump is not coming today. It's Indictment Watch 2023. Uh, yeah, so uh, they were supposed to be meeting today, I guess, but it got called off. And the word is that there's a lot of dissenting voices within the DA's office because everybody with two brain cells to rub together knows that this is a line that once you cross it, you're over it. You can't walk it back. Nope. And I I don't think it's because anybody cares particularly about democracy and blah, blah, blah. No, what they're worried about is exactly what we were talking about earlier this week. You do this for some potential what uh, uh, campaign finance law violation or something, then guess what every conservative DA in this country is about to do? The same. Right. Okay. It's already tiring because you know it's not going to go anywhere. It's, gosh. I know. And you wonder, what is it all about? What is the play? Because they hate him. They want him out. Or do they want him to push him to the front and they think that's going to work? You really have no idea. You don't know. Okay, I mentioned this real quick. Totally lighter note. 51% of pet owners, you won't believe this, what they think. That they could sell merchandise of their pet to other people. So, as an example, Scott. Yeah. You love your cat, Camden. Yes. The girl cat, you don't seem to care for much. No, but I you love like, my cat. I love, okay. I love them both, yeah. But you talk about one a lot more than the other. Well, he's got the big personality, yes. Do you think people would buy merch of Camden? Like, what do you mean by merch? Like, like shirts? Like, Camden shirts? Camden shirts? Yes. I don't know why they would, but I suppose people like him. I mean, you know, I don't know. I bet Dexter the cockeyed cat would sell some merchandise. Well, yeah. Uh, my bet is there. One picture. How could you not? Yeah. I don't know if he's looking at you or not. <laughs> well, yeah. Get some drunk phrase to go with it. This is the Mark Levain Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of people talking about China and Russia coming together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the other story about Russia right now? Russian pop star's been found dead. Mm. Drowning. Ooh. Recently criticized Putin. Ah. Has criticized Putin before. Yeah. Pop star Dima Nova? I'm not familiar. No relation to Aldo. No, I know Aldo Nova. Yeah. But not Dima He's Nova. He's fine, by the way. Aldo Nova's fine. As far as I know. Yeah. Um, he was 34. He founded the popular electronic group Cream Soda, whose song Aqua Disco became an anthem for the anti-war protests in Russia. Oh. That's I love Newsweek. I love every single combination of words you just said. Popular electronic group Cream Soda. Cream Soda. Whose song Aqua Disco. Aqua Disco is a great freaking song name, man. Yeah. Well, in that song. They called out Putin over his alleged $1.3 billion mansion. So the song, commonly heard at protests, 
against the country both before and after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And so then the protests became known as Aqua Disco Parties. <laughs> Saw this report at Daily Wires. According to the song's lyrics, Aqua Disco is a wild hedonistic pool party for one. And one of the lyrics read, The King of Leisure. I will feel super here. Aqua Disco. Here I am by the word super. Add duper. Okay. Well, songwriting wasn't great, but hey. But hey... People loved it, whatever. Um, so apparently what happened, this is according to a Russian news website, People Talk, said that Nova fell through the ice while crossing a river northeast of Moscow. Um, and he was not alone. He was reportedly with his brother and a couple of friends. And, you know, so they report on it. What a tragedy last night. Our Dima Nova in the company of friends was walking along... Uh, the river and fell under the ice. The Ministry of Emergency Situations are still looking for his brother and friend. They have not been found yet. Oh, boy. The crazy situations around so many deaths of people that have criticized Putin in one way or another mm. is really astounding. Well, it's weird. I mean, they got a real problem with slippery floors and open windows in hospitals and office The amount of buildings. people that have fallen out of windows in Russia yeah, that just happen to criticize Putin, it's, it's really it's, something. It's one hell of a coincidence, isn't it? It is. Uh, vodka yeah. and tonic that tasted funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one guy yeah, that, that was dude. on the plane? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was one guy. He got poisoned through his underwear. Yes. They That's put, right. They put the poison in the crotch of his underwear, and it seeped in. As he was sitting on the plane and, you know, was getting some sweat down there. He was getting a little misty and, you know, that activated whatever the <laughs> compound was. <laughs> I'm just saying. You sent Robbins over when you said <laughs> misty. that. Well, it was... I thought he was going with Swampy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know how sweaty that guy is, uh, naturally. Yeah. I don't know if it's a misty. How, how do you get it into his underwear? They got into his hotel room and they put this powder or whatever on his on the crotch area. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember you doing that story. Yeah, yeah. Keep your underwear in the same drawer. I always just go through and get the one at the bottom because I'm assuming that one hasn't been tampered with. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe all of Wait. them have been tampered with though. You never know. Well, that's got to be some sort of burning sensation, man. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it burns. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that in a long time. <laughs> See, I knew that would send Van Camp over the edge, too. This isn't to make fun of this poor guy that died, by the way, and drowned with his body. No, it's no, not no, about no. that. That, that, no. that video in particular, though, is really funny. <laughs> Where it's yes. this little girl who's doing a science experiment. Isn't it like a yes. volcano or something? And yes. she fixes the things, and then she falls down. You don't see her land, but she, so like she's on a step stool, and you see a kitchen island in front of her or a table or yes. something. And she, you just see her head just like disappear behind the island. <laughs> And then, like, some of the, <laughs> the she got vinegar in her eyes, or something thing. falls on her, and she goes, yeah. uh, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, 
By the way, that was a prank. That was a setup. It wasn't real. Yes. And right. but it, just her reaction to it. <sighs> that is that video is actually why I had kids because I cannot wait to make funny videos like that. It's great. Yes, you'll you'll have a great time. Okay, uh, moving on to China and TikTok. Yeah. So they've been spying on government officials, you don't say. Yeah, yeah. There's another big story out of the Wall Street Journal about TikTok, the Chinese government spy app that's used by 150 million Americans. Uh, According to the Wall Street Journal, the Chinese government used web tracking pixels to spy on more than 3,500 entities, including government agencies. Now, we've talked about the tracking pixels before, and ostensibly what they're used for is to track... Uh, ads, basically, measure the reach of ads purchased on TikTok. So you buy an ad that gets circulated, and uh, TikTok can tell you reliably how many people saw your advertisement. But they can also be used for surveillance. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can be watching and recording you when you're renewing your driver's license, paying your taxes, or filling out doctor's forms. Whatever you're doing on your phone, this program can track it. Oh, boy. It's not funny. It's Robin's reaction to it's it, just, man. I'm sorry. It's just... I know. It's going to be all right, Scott. It's going to be okay. I don't have the TikTok app. No. But you've gone watch TikTok stuff, right? You know, if they were filling out, if I was watching me fill out my taxes, if they'd go, hey, you need to have more withheld here, if they'd be helpful. Yeah. You know, that would be something different. But, but you wonder, okay, what's the holdup? Yeah, I know. What, what are we waiting for? Because every other day, it's like, well, TikTok's going to do everything possible to keep it yeah. still, you know, available in the United States. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, uh, change so many different things. We've been hearing this for three or four years. Yeah. Uh, somebody ne- just needs to go through with it. I think there is bipartisan support for a TikTok ban. Um, and, I mean, any government official who has that on their phone at this point, knowing what we do know for a fact about it, right. uh, should resign in disgrace today because you are actually playing fire with this stuff or playing with fire with this stuff. So, yeah, you just need to take this pretty seriously. I, I do wonder how much they're looking at the legality of actually taking an app off of actually banning an app. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like, well, yeah, but this isn't. Twitter or Facebook, which, yes, do have data collection and harvesting programs for sure, but this is actually something that is put into the United States by the Chinese government, and they're not particularly coy about it, you know, to spy on it. And it's rich, man, because the government had something to do with shutting down YouTube accounts, Twitter accounts for, quote, disinformation that was actually true during the pandemic. Yeah. But something we know that is a Chinese spy app, well, we don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, we have a relationship with them. Are you kidding? It's just frustrating. Speaking of TikTok, there's another new trend out, the shower trend or everything shower. Have you heard of this? No. Um, Wall Street Journal did a story on it. It's when you take an extra long shower for like an hour or so. An hour? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you basically give yourself a full spa treatment. It's for women, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, so then women are been, have been posting their videos all over, showing their routine. I'm thinking a lot of these women are always talking about the environment and wasting water. <laughs> it's like an hour in the shower with this stuff. What do you got, a 700-gallon water heater? How do you stand there for an hour? <laughs> they do. You get a little cold after a while. But instead of just washing yourself down in an everything shower, it might include stuff like facial treatments, 
a full body exfoliator, a deep conditioning hair mask, a detoxifying scalp scrub. Then you'd have the thing where you're scrubbing your feet. Mm. So every beauty product you've got, you use it. And then some people are lighting candles and sitting around in a robe acting like, hey, it's like a day at the spa. Makes me feel refreshed. Okay. That's what they say. These are, people, these are people who definitely don't have kids. Or it's one of those moms, you know, the same one you talked about yesterday, yeah. that flies in first class while their kid's flying coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just put on Netflix. Watch whatever you want. Right. It's mommy's spa day. To me, when I'm showering, I'm lucky I don't if I don't get handed a kid who just poop their pants <laughs> right yeah yeah well you just clean them right there exactly all at one time yep yeah it's efficient that way i suppose um glad is out with a warning oh yeah this is in the news what's did, this story did you know that there aren't enough gay people on television you're joking according to yeah. the uh, lgbtq lmnop alpha omega epsilon 2s boron crowd uh yeah th- this is the advocacy group uh glad uh that they're there they have this 18th report on the status of lgbtq representation on what? tv and they found well there was a six percent drop from the previous year in characters who were gay or transgender or whatever on television and most of them you know what most of the characters are on streaming shows not on broadcast that's just that just won't do Wait a second. I don't remember seeing this stat in the last few years, but for quite a while, there was over-representation when you look at just the population. But not enough as far as over-representation. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that's going away, still not close to actual representation, well, well, still over-represented, but not enough for this crew. Well, you know, there's 29% of the characters who won't be returning because they're featured on shows that are either being canceled or finishing their final season. Uh, and a few of them were just cast in limited miniseries or anthologies. So you just got to start cracking out uh, more gay content, I guess. Okay. So are you talking about, just to make sure that I understand this, it's actual characters. It's not yeah. whether people that are acting... You have to well, write more gay characters into the script. Yeah, but I, I don't even know if you can under their ideology, have a straight guy playing a gay guy anymore. You can't go Sean Penn, Harvey Milk anymore. I, I don't think so, no. Got it. But I'm not sure about what the rules are there. Just make a good show. Make a good yeah, show. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I I've mean, never not watched a show because there's a gay character in it. Trying to think. Not that I can remember. No. No. Okay. Everybody's got a fight out there. Yeah. That's what some people are living with. It's not enough. Underrepresented. I know. I would like to go after... The, must, the, must be nice not to have any real problems in your life. No the kidding. bald lobby. There's not enough bald people on guys <laughs> on TV. It's true. We're not represented at all. Get there. Right. We're ostracized. It's like no one wants to watch a bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that's quite true. Might push back on that later in the show. Okay. Um, something else out there, real quick. The most in-demand job skill few of us have happen to see this story today is not that hard they're talking about collaborating that is the one skill that is hard to find in people collaborate yeah you just work well with others basically oh like if you had a project you don't have to do it on your own you can ask for help someone mm-hmm. that has that quality 
um, someone that acknowledges other people's efforts and then shows them appreciation as far as a team. And then it says an inclusive leader. Okay. But that's talking about it doesn't matter if someone's on your team. It's older, younger, different sex, race, whatever. You're welcoming everyone in. All that just seems like being a good person in general and a good worker. But that is what, you know, companies are looking for more than ever right now because it's hard to find. Hmm. I think like you, Scott, you've always worked well with others. Always. Glowing reviews from (laughs) former workmates. Oh, something else we got to get to. A news update. And then in Boston, Asian students, quote, are an afterthought. You got to hear this story straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We hear a lot about racism in America. Mm-hmm. Usually don't hear about this type of racism. It was actually the Boston Globe that published this piece about how Asian students in Boston are like an afterthought. I saw this at Hot Air. Mm. Um, they said, you know, this is different than, you know, bad white people evaluating the lives of black and Hispanic attendees. But this is about Asian-American families reporting some of the least positive interactions between their kids and the school staff, as well as other students. Despite almost always being among the top performers in the schools, a lot of the kids report feeling invisible. They talk about this sophomore who's done fantastic. Her name is Sung Win. Okay, months now into the school year, she has yet to meet a single teacher who can correctly pronounce her name. You just did. Yes. It, it, it takes a Google search because it's spelled N-G-A-N, Sung, is how you pronounce it, and then H-U-Y-N-H, Win. It's one thing if you get a little confused and you could butcher it, but they're talking about more the attitude is uh, whatever. Yeah. But I bet Close all the, enough. I bet all the teachers can tell you uh, all about their anti-racist positions. I bet they can. But is there, is the... there an H in here? <laughs> 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 that character, that teacher. Um, a A Ron. Boston Globe story um, said that a lot of the students feel isolated and undervalued. Um, it's just kind of sad, man. Mm-hmm. And then when they're trying to get into college, they're discriminated against because, well, we just got too many Asian Americans here. Right. We need more diversity. You people are too smart. Stop with all the math, would you? Jeez. Jeez. Stop trying. Yeah. I'm so sick of it. This isn't a fair fight. Could you take your foot off the pedal for a while? Could you go watch some videos online? Stop with all the schoolwork. Making other people feel bad. Here's some TikTok. Go over there for an hour. Unbelievable. Yeah, if you get a chance, there's a lot more to that story. Unbelievable. But yeah, it's something. It man. is. Um, something else out there. We don't have time for this clip right now. You know what? I'll tell you. I'll play a little of this. This is so nauseating. They keep saying January 6th was an insurrection. 
Joe Scarborough again. Yeah. My gosh, man. So if you lie about what happened on January 6th, if you try to re, uh, redefine it as, uh, you know, and, and try to redefine uh, Jonathan Lemire, uh, saying, say, oh, the, the weird guy wearing the horns, or I don't know who, who people were trying to say, oh, he was just a peaceful guy and he never walked through a window. Boom! A couple seconds later. He never walked through a window. <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, biggest story today is what? Uh, biggest story of the day is that apparently the Manhattan DA's office may be reconsidering the whole uh, indict Trump thing. Hmm. I don't know if that's outside pressure to say, hey, you don't know what this is going to bring about. And it ain't the threat of violence, man. It's that you realize that if you do this, then every single congressman, every single congresswoman, who represents an era area that has a conservative DA is going to be under investigation. That's just the way the rules. That, that's just the way the rules work. Okay. Well, and you have no case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get an update on that. And then, Robin, you got your top three of the day. Yep. Can't wait. Straight ahead, right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Before the trifecta news update, David Van Camp. Well, yeah, we were supposed to uh, be hearing something out of uh, the Manhattan DA's office as this grand jury was going to be hearing some sort of testimony or seeing some sort of evidence. And, well, that whole thing has been uh, canceled. This has to do with the allegation that Donald Trump paid off a porn star ahead of the 2016 election. So you're talking about good old-fashioned bribery and campaign finance violations. Even though there hasn't been another agency that's investigated this that has gone after Donald Trump personally. They can't find anything to really charge him with because they can't find a smoking gun. But the DA of Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, is sitting there saying, I, I'm your Huckleberry, all right? I'm going to be the one to get it. I'm going to get this guy. Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah. And so, uh, but apparently there is some back and forth about whether or not it would be wise to criminally charge Donald Trump for, what, a, a, an alleged crime that happened seven years ago? That, like, wait a second. Isn't that past the time that they go after him? Oh, no. Statue of limitations. See, because it was for the... 2018 taxes right so that's within five years so they're just they're making things up and throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks yes these are bad people they are bad people mr president that is true they are bad people um but anyway apparently uh they have canceled today's meeting of the grand jury they're on standby for tomorrow so we'll see what happens the dramatic indictment of donald trump has not come to pass just yet there are also some stories out there that he you know, withheld a bunch of information from the grand jury, which that that's not all that abnormal because prosecutors have a lot of discretion when it comes to presenting a case for a potential indictment. You know, it's, well, not, it's not a trial. It's not a back and forth thing. And they want the thing to get ugly outside yeah. the courtroom. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. With Trump supporters. They'd love to see this happen. They need it. They need that to happen. You know, man, somewhat related to that, 
I couldn't believe this. Well, I could believe it because we see this crap all the time. But Obama's Department of Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson, was on MSNBC talking about everyone that was at the January 6th Capitol riot. The way I understood it, even if you didn't go inside, if you were there milling about just outside the Capitol, or if you, you know, the doors were open, but you happen to wander in, everybody should be held accountable for that. 1,200 people, is that right? Yeah, that's what they're talking about Holy now. Smokes, An additional 1,200 people are going to get arrested wow. or something's going to go down. This is what he said. January 6th was the very definition of an insurrection. Really? I think you'd have a hard time making that case to most people. In my view, it's in the national interest that in prosecuting these cases, we call it what it was. You know, we read that the special prosecutor is contemplating charges for obstruction of the unofficial proceeding. You notice that too, right? It sounded like someone totally farted during the segment. Yeah. That was a fart? I don't know what it was. I think it was the chair shifting, but at first I did think, oh man, did he just rip one? Yeah. Or Swalwell. Yeah, like Swalwell did on TV. The special prosecutor is contemplating charges for obstruction of the unofficial proceeding, fraud. Excuse me. This was an insurrection. You know, let's call it what it was. And the insurrection. Without guns? Mm -hmm. Without a plan? Really? And the insurrection statute punishes not just those who participate in the insurrection, but those who incite it and give aid and comfort thereto. So... In investigating former President Trump and others around him, uh, I think we really do have to call it what it is. I think it's in the national interest. This guy's like Pinocchio. When he lies about stuff, he farts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do think if you're going to apply that standard, then uh, a lot more people need to start getting arrested in, in Seattle. Remember, during the Summer of Love, not only did you have the autonomous zone where they said that's our portion of the city now, Mm-hmm. They actually tried to steal uh, several city blocks of the city of Seattle, and the mayor at the time called it, eh, it could be the summer of love. Just people, you know, eating chips, right? Hanging out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or how about you had a city council member at the time letting rioters inside of City Hall? That sounds closer to an insurrection. Just actually opening and unlocking the door. Yeah. Hmm. Very insurrection y to me. Oh, my gosh. They're going to hang on to the insurrection part of it. Most people don't view it that way. That was the last polling that I saw. Yeah, but but that really doesn't matter because what they're playing for is what the overall story will be moving forward. And so, you know, history textbooks, you know, 10, 15 years from now, will just refer to it as the insurrection. Doesn't matter what actually happened. (sighs) Got to just keep telling the truth. That's all we can do. All right, you ready for your big three, Scott? Yeah, let's roll, man. Let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day is this time, Scott Robbins, trifecta. Come by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. He's ready to go. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Good. Three. Number three, Geraldo on Fox News has picked his Republican presidential nominee. This guy's like the Jim Cramer of politics. Whatever he says, it's the opposite always. But uh, Geraldo Rivera dusted it off, gave his opinion, who he thinks the strongest alternative Republican candidate for president would be. Okay. Guess who it is? 
I already know who it is, so okay, I'm not going to guess. Okay, you've got to excuse yeah. yourself. You don't. You haven't seen it, right? This would be Geraldo. Yeah, it's Geraldo. Um, Nikki Haley. Chris Christie. Huh. <laughs> Are they old buddies or something? He said Chris Christie would undoubtedly be the strongest GOP alternative. Savvy, swagger, moderation, toughness. We've already seen this play out, though. We have. Yeah, we and, have. I mean... Donald Trump put a dog collar on this guy and walked him around the debate stage. We well, already he, saw it. He he left the race and then went out and campaigned for Trump. Right. That's yes. what I mean. He got <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Geraldo, I mean, who takes that guy serious? Is there anyone? But they always go to him for this, you know, what do you think, Geraldo? Yeah, a guy that doesn't get like it right. Jim hardly. Kramer, what do you think about the Fed? <laughs> you know, I mean. We're getting closer and closer to number one. How do you become an expert who's wrong all the time? I don't know how that happens. <laughs> you go with the outlandish takes, and if you can land one out of 20, it keeps you in business. Golly, usually. Man. All right. If Scott Nostradamus Robinson was alive today, they'd have his face carved in, the, in uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, they would. Right all the time. Okay, yeah. Number two, there is apparently video of Anthony Fauci crying during Joe Biden's inauguration. Yeah, this is weird. It's just now surfacing. A uh, recently released clip of Anthony Fauci weeping at the Biden inauguration. Dr. Fauci was crying as Joe Biden was sworn into the office of the presidency. <laughs> Makes me it want to puke. Just happened to have been filmed. I, I don't know. Well, there's some stuff surfacing now. It's like yeah. the uh, clip of Fauci going to the black neighborhood trying to convince people to get yeah. vaccinated. They weren't having it. Yeah. I think, though, th this was the crowning achievement of a 50-year career here. And he knew he wasn't going to get fired on that moment. At that moment, he knew he was safe. That's true. Well, I think this is all part of the same PBS thing. And I, I was mistaken. I thought they had published it uh, or put up this video a couple years ago. But apparently they've been holding on to this footage. Uh, yeah until like now they're putting out this documentary about the life and times of anthony fauci during the covid pandemic yeah well it's the only thing i have in common with anthony fauci it's the only thing i wept <laughs> too when joe biden was for different reasons but still the doc and i were as one on that day yes. and the countdown continues yes the scott robbins trifecta top three of the day up to number one Number one, NASCAR has fined a driver for parking his car and walking off. This is funny. Uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Josh Williams suspended for one race for disobeying a request from the officials. This was during last Saturday's race at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Williams was ordered, park your car in the garage. Some debris apparently had come off of it during the race, causing the caution flag to come out. That's when they ordered him out of the race. Okay. Instead, he parked on the checkered start-finish line, climbed out, and waved to the crowd. He's left the car sitting there. <laughs> I don't know why I love this story so much, but I do. He said, I've never heard of this before. What do you mean I'm out of the race? Never even heard of that. You heard of that, David? You're probably the biggest NASCAR fan on the show. Hey, I get confused by the rules that they keep changing every single year about what you can and cannot do or whatever. But I guess, yeah, if you've got, if you've got something falling off your car and it's creating debris, then, yeah, you got to go to the garage and get that thing hammered out. Yeah, that shows him waving at the crowd. He just leaves it be his parks in there. You you take it. I'm not, taking, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Call AAA. I don't care. I love that.
So he said, hey, thank you to all my fans for supporting me and sticking by my side during all this. I stand behind what I did. I don't regret my decision at all. I made a stand behind NASCAR for three decisions and will continue to and always will support NASCAR. However, I'm not going anywhere. You'll see me again very soon. Stupid rule. You know, you could make the argument that if you didn't know who that guy was before, you may know him now and just based on that could sell some merch. Oh, yeah. That sort of thing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's made a name for himself. (laughs) By the way... Before we end, speaking of, you know, sports, I don't know if you caught it last night. Uh, it was exciting. Came down to the end. It was the World Baseball Classic, USA yeah. versus Japan, and people got the matchup they wanted. Yeah. Otani versus Mike Trout yeah, with two out. Oh, boy. 3-2 count, and he struck him out. Down by a run. Yes. But, it, you know, it was exciting to watch. I was disappointed with how it ended, but... Did you like it as a baseball guy, Scott? Yeah, I, I mean, I was cheering for the U.S. Well, yeah. Uh, but Shohei Otani, we are really seeing something today that really has never ever, I'm not being hyperbole here, but it's never been done in baseball. Nothing like this has happened. They mentioned last night Babe Ruth did both. Babe pitched for two years. That well, was for it. those not familiar, he is he, a top-level elite pitcher elite and pitcher. hitter. And hitter. And power hitter. And average hitter. And speed. <laughs> I mean, the what? guys, the guys why, got, why are you yelling? I mean, everything's covered with this guy. Yeah. Like, what are Rotani's weaknesses? He doesn't have any. No, it's something. It was something. Yeah. And it was kind of, I guess, him, I mean, well, you Darvish pitched the eighth, and he came in and did the ninth. Yeah, they had a runner on. Then double play yeah. and Mike Trout, and then that was it. And, and there you have it. Yes, there you have it. It was a cool moment, though. I mean, I will say that. I mean, I, I, love, I want to see Otani play. I really do. Well, those guys are teammates. So you got to see him all year. The guy that struck you out to end the World Baseball Classic is your teammate. Yeah, I bet he hazes him. <laughs> Puts Kramer's in his job. All right, we got to get to a news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Coming right up. Markley Van Camp, Robert Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the Federal Reserve has officially raised interest rates by a quarter point at the conclusion of its two-day meeting. Uh, it's you know they're they're worried you know they had to find this balance between not completely crushing uh, small and medium-sized banks that are I mean just making or have made some very stupid investments over the last couple of years. Uh, they don't want to have this cascading banking crisis going on, but at the same time, you got to do something to cool off demand and lower inflation. And at the end of the day, that is more important than Silicon Valley Bank. Well, it's interesting, too, because you've seen some people on the left calling for Jerome Powell to get fired. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren, I think, was one of them. Yes. Well, I don't hear the same stuff about Janet Yellen. No, no. And I guess, in fairness, uh, Janet Yellen doesn't have as much power as as Jerome Powell does. And but like, it has been proven to be clueless. Yeah, it was kind of crazy to me to hear a person like Elizabeth Warren saying, "Yeah, like FDIC insurance that needs to be upped 
to like two or three million dollars per depositor yeah. or something, or even more than that instead of two hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because that's literally just protecting millionaires and billionaires. <clears throat> like, yeah, it's almost like not pretending anymore. <laughs> like, okay, listen, I know you guys probably get the game. I act like I am all about the downtrodden and the poor, but I got to protect my rich friends too, or I don't have a job. Right. I gotta protect myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Something else that you know we'll have more time for tomorrow is Rand Paul and the Moderna CEO this hearing where he's talking about hey what about uh young men you know what was it 18 to 25 somewhere in there 18 to 30 uh with myocarditis right and the guy's trying to tell him uh well um no i mean actually you're more at risk getting covid for myocarditis than the vaccine wrong thing to say and Rand paul comes back well i just talked to your owner and he said no you're lying so why can't you say it because yeah. It was tense, dude. Yeah, because people still care about, okay, what did we not know about the vaccines? What did we not know about COVID? The origins, everything. I know a lot of people on the left want all that to go away. Could we have a do-over? Can't we just say that we need to move on now? Maybe some mistakes were made? No. Got to make sure this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And people need to be held re- uh, responsible, especially the ones that knew it at the time. And there's more and more proof on that that's coming out. So we'll see where it goes. All right. I know we got to get to Nimrods. Everybody set? I think so. Wait a minute. Where's my Nimrods music? I don't know. How can you do Nimrods without the intro? I don't have it. A computer froze? It did, really. It's one of, uh, Are you we serious? need it. We can't do it without it. There when it the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. If you've never been one to believe in public caning, you may change your mind after this. You might. We'll see. 39-year-old guy in Florida. Ortelio Alfonso was arrested. Um, police responded to a residence after a 911 hang-up. Like, hey, they called. What's going on? We better yeah, check. Yeah. They arrived. They found a woman with pizza sauce across the left side of her face, all over her shirt. Mm. So there was also remnants of pizza in her hair and ear area. Holy cow. Uh, Alfonso admitted, okay, I, I slapped my wife, and then, yeah... But I didn't slap her with my hand. I slapped her with a slice of pizza. Oh, well. Okay. You know what they were arguing about? What? Disciplining their son. <laughs> with pizza? We don't know that part. Okay. But he was arrested for misdemeanor battery. Come here, boy. Grab that pizza. Time to whoop you. little caning, one or two? Just asking. Yeah, maybe. Oh, and then a dude in Chicago tried to carjack somebody, couldn't drive a stick. Another one of those. But he kept the keys, and there was an air tag attached to it. He was easy to find. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in the news.